From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. Welcome back to Terra Informa, and welcome to the first of three guest documentaries that we will be airing this month. I'm Hannah Cunningham, and I will be your host for the next half hour, or really the next couple of minutes, and then I will hand it over to the creators of the documentary. Before we begin this episode, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was produced in Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwitsi, Wiskayagin, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced following consistent efforts from officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. This week, we are airing an audio documentary created by Sabrina Strelkov and Riley Alexander for an agricultural economics class that had a community service learning component at the University of Alberta. This documentary dives into how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected Edmonton's Old Strathcona Farmers Market, as well as the importance of farmers markets and sustainable and local foods. Enjoy. Farmers markets. They're places of culture, community, good food and free samples. They also provide the community with access to locally produced foods. We are going to talk about the ways that COVID-19 has affected this. I'm Riley Alexander. I'm Sabrina Strelkov, and we're students at the University of Alberta. So we started out this project a couple months ago, wanting to pick a topic about food because, well, everyone eats food, so it's relatable. Knowing where your food comes from and how it's produced is important information that allows you to make informed decisions for your own health and well-being. So let's dive into exactly what we're talking about today. We know you're tired of hearing about it by now, but COVID-19 has had a big effect on everything. That includes our food and grocery habits. Because COVID is such a prevalent issue in the world, we were wondering how we could tie its effects on our community to the ways our eating habits have changed. Farmers Market seemed like a natural place to start deep diving into the community impacts of COVID. There were a hub of vendors selling sustainable local foods, and we wanted to find out just how greatly they were impacted by the pandemic. After a slow start to the project, we finally decided on a driving question that seemed to fit the agenda and would be applicable to the campus community. How has COVID-19 affected local farmers markets and access to locally produced sustainable food? It's safe to assume that having access to healthy, affordable, and culturally appropriate food is important for everyone. This is a concept called food security. Another important concept for today's topic is that of the food oasis. A food oasis is a location that has easy access to affordable, healthy, and culturally diverse foods. At the height of COVID-19, even locations like Old Strathcona, which is a region in Edmonton that is considered a food oasis, struggled to keep shelves stocked due to fear-based hoarding, decreased import, as well as decreased food production. This put a strain on many families. The Old Strathcona Farmer's Market is one of the locations that many Edmontonians depend on for their supply of fresh groceries. And yet, it was just as greatly impacted by COVID as the other larger chain grocery stores like Walmart and Superstore. 
We wanted to look into how exactly this particular farmer's market was changed and impacted by the pandemic. This would give us insight into how Edmonton's farmer's markets as a whole were impacted. We started out by having Sabrina get in contact with the market manager of the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market, Keith Prasad, who gave us his side of the story. He told us about how he got his job at the market and the long-term goals that he's been working on. We're planning a major renovation to the market. The next uh, two years, we're looking to do about a $2.5 million renovation to the market. So actually, we can activate the building multiple days. Right now, the building is only open for pretty much 10 hours a week. And that's not good for the community. That's not good for being part of the whole White Ave, the whole Old Strathcona. He also shared with us the market's mission statement. It's we make it, bake it, and grow it for you. We do have people that go into our vendor's place of business to certify that they make their product. We don't allow anybody in the market that resells. When asked about his beliefs on the importance of farmers markets, his response was really interesting. He started off by elaborating on the importance of markets around the world. I come from a third world country. And when I travel, I go to markets. Uh, in, in South America, where I'm from, we went shopping in the morning for things you're gonna cook for at lunch. And then you go shopping in the afternoon for things you're going to go cook for supper because refrigeration was not a thing and food came in fresh. So, and everywhere you go in the world, there's farmer's markets and that's how the rest of the world lives. We don't pull out something from the freezer like we do here. And in everybody's culture and all of our heritage, you go back to the old country, wherever that is, however many generations that is, it's all outdoor farmer's markets, and they're the coolest places. I'm, I've become a geek where I'm on YouTubing, and I'm YouTubing farmer's markets from around the world constantly just to see. It tells you a lot about a culture when you go to their market, right? Who sells what, who eats what, who buys, what people look like when they come into the market. He then explained what farmer's markets in North America are for and brought up the differences between farmer's markets and big chain grocery stores. It gets you out of the house. You get to kind of go and do something with your family, which you normally do. You don't do it Safeway. Hey, let's go to the farmer's market. Let's go to Safeway as a, as a family thing, right? You see people coming into this market. It's a destination on a Saturday afternoon, you know? They'll come and do some shopping and go for a glass of wine or they'll go have brunch and then come do some shopping or it's a day out. It's a few hours out anyways. And during COVID, we were one of the few places where people can actually go. You know, the malls were kind of shut down unless it's essential. We were one of the only places where you could see couples holding hands, young families, Girls would meet and hang out. It was something to do, and it still is, you know. So, yeah, I, I think it's not just the market for shopping, but it's a little bit of mental health as well. You get out. I got some people dressed up here to the nines when they come to this market. It's like, are you kidding? And they go, well, we have no place else to dress up to go right now. So I go, good on you, right? <laughs> His idea that farmer's markets became a destination during the pandemic was something that really hit home with me. 
I come from a small town that only has farmers markets in the spring and summer. I remember it being a really big deal when the farmers markets finally opened in 2020 and people had somewhere they could go again. It was an exciting time in our little town and people were happy to have an opportunity to shop locally. Speaking of which, the shop local movement was a big point we wanted to hit. During the pandemic, there was a whole movement where people were being encouraged to shop local. Many small businesses were struggling to stay open when the pandemic took hold. After numerous lockdowns, businesses slowed, people lost their jobs, and many places ended up closing down. With the shop local movement, people were encouraged to shift from online shopping with big companies to buying their goods at the local level. From getting your Christmas presents made by a local artisan to picking up your weekly produce at the nearest farmer's market. But we wanted to know, did it actually have an impact? Did local businesses and vendors actually see a difference from the huge social media trend? Here's what Keith had to say on the subject. I wouldn't say it didn't have an impact. I'm sure it, it all has an impact. Keith then took this opportunity to dive a little deeper into the inner workings and flow of the farmer's market. We have three turnovers on a Saturday. You have that early morning rush with the diehard shoppers, and then you get the people who just want to come do their groceries till about 11. From 11 till 3, it's, it's a young generation. I think shopping local, people like that, they get to speak to the farmers, they get to speak to the person that made it. I think the media, I mean, we like being in that bandwagon right now, that shop local, shop local. Everything does come from a farm, but is it local or is it three million time zones away somewhere else? While the shop local movement seems to have died down a little bit as of November 2021 when we're recording, it does continually make a resurgence as COVID waves come and go. As important as shopping local is to the community, we full-time university students are no strangers to tight budgets, and shopping local is not always wallet-friendly. Even if we want to shop local, it can be hard to support local businesses like the vendors at the Old Strathcona Farmers Market because they have no choice but to charge more for their products. The issue of affordability can sometimes steer people away from buying locally. Keith touched on some of the reasons vendors have to charge more and the effects that this has on consumers. It comes down to bulk shopping. When you go to Costco and they can sell you a chicken for half the price that you would pay for it in my market, it's because they're buying bulk. Some of these places have their own manufacturers, so they have farmers growing peppers specifically for them, tomatoes specifically for them. And when you have hundreds of thousands of acres and trucks and trucks of these things coming in, and they're coming in from third world country. So the cost of producing product is not our cost. My men and women that produce uh, produce here specifically, they work this themselves. If they hire anybody, they got to pay them the right going wages. They got to give them living uh, standards. Gas is not cheap trucks and vehicles aren't cheap and they're not producing large quantities so your price is expensive but the food does taste better you know where it's from it's not for everybody all the time so would you say that the affordability of it like if, if it was to become more affordable for more of society would there be a quality that goes down with that I think so. If, if they start to get bigger, it wouldn't be the mom and pops. Like commercial growers don't come to farmer's market. Keith made a really good point there. If you want something to be more affordable, then the quality level will be reduced. 
This explains why shopping locally can be so expensive. And yet, the budget issue isn't just a problem for consumers. It's also important to think about the struggles of small business owners and vendors. So Keith gave us some insight into this. They're not making a ton of money. They're making money to live and pay their bills, and they should. It is a business. If you're not making money, then you shouldn't be in the business. We had a, a, an instance here with one of my farmers, one of my growers. They had a disease that killed their tomato crops. So they were out of tomatoes in this market for six, eight months. They had to buy new, new seeds from overseas to bring a different strain of tomatoes here to grow them and start them, but they're indoors. So, uh, you know, now they have tomatoes coming back, but it, it is a process and you don't have insurance on crop failure. You don't have all these kinds of things. Then he expanded on the specific struggles his market has faced due to the pandemic, which helped us get closer to the answer of our driving question. Now, we are still doing pretty good during COVID. Our numbers are good coming through the door because people just, they like the idea of coming to Old Strat. They like the idea of going to a farmer's market, you know, St. Albert, Collingwood, whichever, indoors or outdoor. It's an activity. So would you say that there's um, a lot of tourists also that come through the market? We used to. I mean, obviously with COVID, it's been different, but we've had tour buses pull up with tourists from all over the place that they want to come see. And they're snapping pictures and running around the market. And, you know, we want to get back to those days again, so. In a world of masks where interactions seem less and less personal, it came as a surprise to us that the market's sales per customer have increased. This is thanks to more one-on-one -on -one interaction between shoppers and vendors. Our numbers are totally down uh, from what they were. However, I think if there is a positive to that, our sales per customer is up. So people that are coming to the market are making a decision to come to do some shopping. And because there's more space in the market, it's not wall-to-wall -wall people. They're actually spending time with our vendors and listening to the story and do some real shopping instead of just being hauled around like I was when I used to come with my wife. So people are actually spending some time and our vendors are upselling. So there's a learning curve to that too. They actually have to learn how to sell and not just take orders, right? So it's a different uh, thing for them as well. It's clear just how challenging it is under normal circumstances for vendors. They have to toe the line between affordability and conducting a sustainable, ethical, and profitable business. But what new challenges presented themselves to these vendors in the market when COVID restrictions and regulations came into effect? Some of our artisans, because they weren't essential services, we had to kind of ask them to leave the market because they couldn't sell you know, their jewelry or art or things like that. That finally changed and then they started to come back. But then again, some of our senior states people that's been in this market, our senior citizens that have been working these foods for their own safety and health, they had to pull out and they're finally starting to come back. Not everybody's getting their shots and things like that. I'm actually curious. So you talked about how you have less vendors now, correct? No, not less vendors, less customers. Uh, the vendors, uh, we are actually almost full again. Everybody's kind of coming back uh, from COVID. 
the seasonal vendors are back. All the, uh, the people that had to get their shots are back. Everybody's kind of getting used to the new way of life. We've all experienced the other ways COVID has changed our world, like the directions in stores with arrows on the ground, the capacity limits, cohorts, masks. You've heard it all before. At first glance, it seems as though many of these things are a nuisance, even if they are for our own safety. But Keith made interesting points about how many of these changes are things that actually helped the market and that he plans on keeping them in place for the foreseeable future. One thing in particular that Riley and I hadn't thought about was something Keith referred to as dead spots in the market. There used to be dead spots in the market that people would never go to. Now that we have arrows in it, everybody is doing well because we're driving traffic to the whole market. Since the arrows on the floor have helped increase traffic to each vendor, the way these vendors are doing business has also had to change. So if somebody's going, hey, Keith, you know, I'm not making any sales. I go, well, you just had 10,000 people and that's not my fault. That's your fault. If you can't sell to 10,000, we gotta miss you. While the market has plenty of vendors who have been with them for a very long time, we were curious how many new vendors have come out of the woodwork since the pandemic started. We all sat at home during quarantine, desperate to keep the boredom at bay. So many individuals chose to take the time to try new hobbies, like cooking, painting, working on puzzles, baking, you name it. And many of these hobbies were successful. We as a market, we are a business incubator. That's what Old Strathcona was formed on, was to incubate business and get people their start. It's this new generation coming in with all these cool ideas. Because you can only have so many butchers and, and bakers and, you know, people who grow fruit and vegetables. Like, those are yours. But then how do you fill a market with unique products, right? A comment Keith made in our interview that really stuck with me was the idea that the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market is actually a business incubator and it's giving a lot of people their start. I think this is really powerful, especially today after so many people's lives and careers were turned upside down by the pandemic. There's actually so many new vendors applying to the farmer's market that they've had to become very selective in who they offer a booth to. The Old Strathcona Farmer's Market is receiving about four to five applications a week. As Keith expressed, this is a definite boom compared to pre-COVID times. Creativity, and the cool factor, as Keith put it, is currently one of the main characteristics that the market is looking for in applications. With a split of 80% food and 20% artisans, the market has to be very picky about which artisan vendors they accept. And Keith has been finding ways to introduce new foods to the market as well, while still keeping it diverse. I'm trying to get in more into ethnic food, so I want to know the country that your food originated from. So I don't have two Ukrainian pierogies, but I could have three pierogies, one from Ukraine, one from Russia, and one Polish. But they're different, right? And you have a different audience. The Old Strathcona Farmer's Market has been in business for 38 years. So it comes as no surprise that, like Keith mentioned, the market has loyal customers who include the market in their weekly routines. And Keith contributed part of the market's survival to this loyalty. I personally love going to the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market, and I decided that in order to really immerse myself in this audio documentary journey, I needed to pay a visit to the market itself. I went to the market with my auntie, who told me about why the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market is so important to her. My name's Dawn, and uh, I go every week with my friends Stephanie and Catherine. Then I asked her to elaborate a bit on how exactly the market fits into her weekly routine. So how often do you go to the farmer's market? I go every Saturday, and I like to get there by 
just to sort of beat the crowds and have coffee with my friends afterwards. So do you get like a lot of your groceries at the farmer's market then? I get all my produce. I get all my veggies and all my fruit there just because it's fresh and the quality is really good. Every week. So do you know the vendors? Do they the recognize vendors, you? The vendors recognize me and there's one vendor who sells sprouts and they put aside the sprouts for me so that they don't get sold out. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, they know me. Oh, I like that. So it's like a community. Yes, it's a very, very important part of my Saturday. I miss it when I can't go out. <laughs> so you went all during COVID too? Oh, well, when, it, when the lockdown happened, I didn't go. But we started going back again about early or late spring, early summer mm-hmm. when things sort of opened up again. Mm-hmm. So then we'd, my friends and I would go every Saturday, line up outside when it was really strict. Nice. Yeah. I like to support local. Yes. Shop local. Yeah. And, and like I said, the quality of the, the produce is so good. Can't compare to a grocery store. And finally, it was time to go do some shopping. I got the chance to speak with a few vendors and hear their stories. How long have you been at the farmer's market? Because I haven't seen you guys oh, before. crazy. Um, I want to say this booth has been here for like two years now. Really? <laughs> wow. And they had a lot to say. One vendor told me her experiences with shipment delays due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And you make all of these? I do, I make everything. They're so beautiful. Thank you. I'm really low on them. I need wire and I can't get my wire. This wire here actually comes from India. <laughs> oh, and yeah. the supply chain. Thank you. Yeah. And so I'm feeling it. Because of the pandemic? Oh, interesting. Supply chain just like, yeah. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. But no, my inventory is super low today. I'm just yeah. grateful I can get what I can. So we walked around the market to get the full experience, and my auntie took the opportunity to show me around. This is where I get my apples. Wow. And all fresh BC fruit. Yep. Really good apples. But alas, Keith was right. You can't just walk around because everything looks so good. What are you getting? I'm getting some traditional sausage rolls. These are really good. Have a great rest of your day. You as well, thank you. Thank you. And so you buy something. I'd like to get one. What kind are you getting? Bumbleberry. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nothing like a homemade pie. And you buy something again. Hi, I'd like to get these. Okay. Go make your. Thank you so thank much. You. Have a good day. You too, take care. And you buy something again. I'll just have the Catito. What? Cuatro dollars. Going to the farmer's market absolutely is a destination. It's a thing to do, a day out. Whenever I'm with my friends who aren't from Edmonton, I always take them to the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market. I think that's why it's so important to the community and why loyal customers have stuck around to ensure its continued success, even through the pandemic. While we know that the pandemic is an inherently bad thing, and because of it, a lot of people have faced immense difficulties in so many different ways, the sadness and challenges we've faced since 2020 have been insurmountable. But Keith himself said that as people, we adapt. And I think in a lot of ways we have. There are some aspects of everyday life that COVID forced us to put under the proverbial microscope, and some of these aspects have changed for the better. Personally, a pandemic 
is never a good thing for anybody. But I'm going to say it's taught us not to be so complacent, right, about anything, washing your hands, social distancing, all those types of things. During the interview, one of the most profound ideas Keith brought to the table was a lesson that the world very quickly had to learn. We can't solely rely on international food. Locally produced food is important too, and in Keith's own words, It taught a lot of people about where their food comes from. People really quickly learn just how much of the food we consume is shipped from other countries and even just other provinces. This is something we took for granted until there were delays in production and shipment, and these delays were reflected on our own grocery store shelves. Because when there were shortages in the grocery stores and things like that, people started to go, oh, we can't rely on food from South America or California. We got to rely on food from here. Eventually, people can go, okay, what we got is ours. What you have is yours. What they have is theirs. People are thinking different about their food. And I think that's a good thing. The challenges for the old Strathcona farmer's market that were caused by the pandemic are on the mend, with sales per customer on the rise, as well as the return of their vendors. And while things may be improving, the pandemic really shed light on the notion that having a reliable, sustainable local food source is something many people didn't think about until they needed. When the dark days of quarantine set in, people wanted fresh food. They wanted reliability. And the old Strathcona farmer's market was there as much as possible. The pandemic has forced people to really look at where their food is coming from and give more thought to the options they have. Even somewhere like Old Strathcona is subject to the same challenges as everywhere else, despite the fact that it's a food oasis with plenty of access to a variety of food choices. It became clear just how important local food supplies were when inbound international goods became limited. When our local vendors were unable to support our communities, at no fault of their own, the need for more support and increased amounts of local food production became even more imperative and relevant. Investing in sustainable and long-term production of healthy local foods is so important. If we continue to almost exclusively rely on food coming from out of country, we are in danger of major resource scarcity should another disaster occur. Even goods from out of province are at risk of delays. Just think about the British Columbia floods in November 2021. These floods wiped out huge portions of the major highways connecting the Vancouver trade ports to the rest of Canada, created shipping delays and resource scarcities that impacted the entire country because the Vancouver trade port is the largest port in Canada. Individuals should feel as though sustainable food options are within their reach, not just something for those who have direct access or the proper monetary resources to be able to afford it on a frequent basis. And while individual consumers always have a choice, a lot of our choices can be influenced by government policies and corporate marketing. But we do hope that these insights into the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic has made you take a deeper look into your grocery habits by questioning what you're consuming and where it's coming from. Where you get your food, where you do your grocery shopping, and therefore the producers you support can make a huge difference in both your life and in your community. But of course, there isn't one overarching solution as there are always limitations to our food habits, whether they be affordability, access, or simply the time it takes out of your day. If you're able to, support local vendors who choose to participate in sustainable food production practices. This alone won't eliminate food insecurity or food deserts, amongst other food-related struggles, but every little bit helps. It will take a combination of private and public sector efforts, government intervention, and individual action to make a change. But... You know it, guys. 
We must be the change we wish to see in the world. So, Riley, how has COVID-19 affected farmers markets and access to locally produced sustainable food? Well, while there may not be one single answer as to how the farmers markets were affected, it is clear that the markets are an important part of our community and are necessary for creating a sustainable future for everybody. We would like to thank Megan Miller with CJSR for guiding our research and helping us tremendously throughout this project. And another thank you to CJSR for giving us this platform. We are grateful for this opportunity to bring awareness to the importance of supporting local sustainable foods. And finally, a huge thank you to Keith Prasad for sharing his story and to my Auntie Dawn for coming with me to the market. And thank you for listening. What you just heard was an audio documentary created by Sabrina Strelkov and Riley Alexander. Terra Informa is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM, and all of our content is created by a team of volunteers. You can reach us for comments or questions via email, terra at cjsr.com. For previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. Catch you next week right here on Terra Informa.